Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. I'm Becky Parker-Geist and I'm your host. Audiobook Connection is your place to learn about the audiobook creative process and for authors to learn valuable tips on producing and marketing your audiobooks. This podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Thanks so much for joining me today. I just did an interview with the awesome David McClam, whose podcast, True Crime and Authors, is really a terrific podcast. I highly recommend it. And we were talking during part of the interview about author-narrated projects and, and even also narrated projects where the narration itself, that work, is maybe not as great as it could be. So I thought I would dive in a little bit to that topic here on this episode and give you some further thoughts on some of the differences that we can experience between a really talented and experienced narrator versus somebody who is not so experienced. In that category of not so experienced, typically authors fall into that category. We have a lot of interest from authors who want to narrate their own books. And while I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, it is a conversation that needs much deeper dive into whether that is really the best choice for that particular author and their particular content. Sometimes when authors come to us with that request, it is based on an idea that they because they wrote the book, are naturally the best narrator for the book. I completely disagree with that. While sometimes it is appropriate for an author to narrate their own book, it is not and should not be taken as a general assumption that the author is going to be the best option. So I thought I'd start off, actually, I'm going to read a passage from a book, and I'm going to read it in two different ways. The selection is going to be from a book that I was the narrator for called Crystal Corridor of Light by Bethel Barr. After I read this short passage two different ways, then we'll jump into a discussion both about some of the differences and then also some further content about these kinds of projects. And when I say these kinds of projects, I'm really talking mostly about author-narrated projects, but this also applies if you're working with a narrator who is very inexperienced. And when I say inexperienced, I am actually talking specifically about audiobook narration experience. There are voiceover talent who have skills in commercial work that don't necessarily translate well into the audiobook world. So here we go. 
Words have always been important to me, beginning in my school years. Writing an essay was far more interesting and rewarding than trying to solve a math problem. I love the way words can be put together to make sense of something. They are magical and powerful. The power of the pen should never, ever be discounted. Short stories, blogs, and essays are easy to write, but a book? That is a very different endeavor. And now for the second pass. Words have always been important to me, beginning in my school years. Writing an essay was far more interesting and rewarding than trying to solve a math problem. I love the way words can be put together to make sense of something. They're magical and powerful. The power of the pen should never, ever be discounted. Short stories, blogs, and essays are easy to write. But a book? That is a very different endeavor. Okay, let's talk about some of the differences. And I wish we were in an interactive scenario where I could actually ask you questions about what you were hearing and what some of the differences that you were picking up on, what those are. But since we're not in that context, I'm just going to talk about these differences. In that first one, which would be a sort of typical read for someone who is fairly good at sitting in front of a microphone and reading text. And that is about as far as their narrative skills have been developed. Many authors in particular, and I refer to authors because those are the people I'm talking to. So I'm trying to be specific, not generalizing. But when I do have authors who are coming to us With this question about should they narrate their own book, this is why I'm referring to them in this particular way and why I'm generalizing as I am. So I think that there's an assumption often that reading your own book as an audiobook is primarily just sitting in front of a microphone and reading your text. And yes, trying not to stumble too much, but basically that's what it takes. And it is so different from that, or it is so much more than that. As you could certainly hear between the first sample and the second sample, in the first sample, I'm reading the words and I'm reading them all accurately. What's really missing in that first one, and I think and hope you'd be able to hear in the second one, is that emotional connection, that engagement with me and the text. So I'm really stepping into the shoes of the author and acting as an actor, acting as the author, speaking their words as if they are my own, from the heart. Now, I'm not saying that authors can't read their material from the heart, but what I am saying is that as you can tell, even just watching TV, watching movies, Most people can pick out which are the really good actors and which maybe aren't so great. And the ones who aren't so great are still saying the words. They're still doing the moves. But there's something that's not fully connected there. We don't really fully believe them. Maybe we do off and on in moments, but mostly we see them as acting, performing the role but acting in a disconnected way, not in a really good way. 
When we're watching a film and we're totally absorbed, we're caught up in the story, we're not thinking about the characters as actors. That is really great acting. That's what we want. And when they bring us along in the story so that we are emotionally connecting with what they are experiencing as the character, that is great acting. And it is that kind of quality that we're listening for and that we want in our audiobooks, because that's what makes them great. And that is what makes listeners want to listen to them and to tell their friends about them. Another difference in the quality that you may have noticed between the first read and the second read is related to a variety or modulation, a natural keeping it interesting, keeping it spontaneous. That is, in the first one, was really more just reading the words, not monotone, but not very much variety or engagement. And in the second one, while some might call it more theatrical, that is one way to think about that kind of difference, I think of it as much more engaged. Now let's dive a little bit more into just what are some of those skills that we as experienced and skilled audiobook narrators have that first-time readers usually don't or probably don't. There's always going to be room for those people who just have a real natural talent, so I don't want to ever exclude that possibility, but as a general rule, what are the things that a skilled narrator are going to possess that maybe a newbie would not? One of the things is stamina, and This is specifically around what it takes to maintain a consistent, engaged, energetic read, even over the hours that it takes to record an audiobook. And I'm not really just talking about, like, how long can you stand up in one session, because many people will narrate sitting down. But I'm really referring to that energy, that maintaining that consistent, I can't think of a better word to describe it than just energy, so that when you are at the beginning of a sentence or at the beginning of a chapter, that by the end, it's not really sounding so much like this, where maybe you're getting a little tired. Even if you have all the other qualities, maybe you've slowed down considerably or something else could be changing in terms of the energy of your voice, instead of being able to maintain that kind of consistent energy, that kind of drive, that emotional connection also is a part of that throughout each and every recording session. Another very related skill has to do with consistency. Now, consistency of energy is what I just talked about, but there's other kinds of consistency that are important. One is that sort of modulation. The other, and I just have to say, modulation is really has to do, it has to be natural. If you're falsely doing something like I'm, oh, I need to modulate my voice more. And then it sounds weird. So it has to be done in a really natural way. 
But that is one element that we want consistency in. And another is volume. Yes, volume can be manipulated in post-production, but when you're doing a gradual shift in volume, it makes it much harder and often can get missed because it is a gradual process. And then when you start the next chapter or the next recording session, suddenly it jumps out as, oh, wow, that's really different. Must be a new session. (laughs) Consistency. There are also consistency we want with our character voices. We certainly don't want somebody who starts out with a gravelly voice to later on be sounding like this, because that wouldn't make any sense, and it would totally confuse our listeners. So there are many ways in which we're listening for a kind of consistent quality overall, and that is a skill that needs to be developed. Okay, let's just take a short pause. We'll be right back and we'll talk some more about the things that matter when it comes to audiobook narration. Frustrated by the royalty rates for your audiobook? Annoyed that when the digital distributors say 70%, they actually mean 70% of 50% or 80% of 70%, neither of which is an actual 70%. Wishing there was a way to cut out, or at least shrink, the middleman. Yet, you want your audiobook listeners to have a smooth and positive experience, and a direct download sale from your website won't deliver that. Pro Audio Voices hears you. Out of our commitment to our author clients, we've created Amplify, a program that provides an actual 65% royalties of the price you set that gives you access to your customers' names and emails so you can reconnect with them and keeps you in the driver's seat. Check it out at ProAudioVoices.com in the marketing menu. Okay, and coming back to what are the things that are typically developed skill that we're going to hear in a professional narration versus what we might hear with a first-time narrator. Another one of these is a kind of element of consistency, but really has to do with the characters. Now, with a nonfiction book, this may not be pertinent, but certainly it is for fiction. When we have scenes with dialogue, we're going to want to know, as a listener, who's speaking. And this is where that consistency of character voice plays in. It's really helpful to have an idea of who in the book is going to be playing opposite whom. And the reason for this is because then you can, at the beginning, make some decisions about character voices that will help make it clearer, help them to be more distinct from each other when you have character A speaking to character B Scott Ellis made a great reference to his process in this particular regard, and you can listen to that episode for more that he had to contribute in that topic. So in these scenes, we're partly talking about the voices, the dialogue, but there's something more to it. When you're describing an action scene, there is a way to describe it where The energy of the voice, because you're connecting with the material, the energy of the voice is going to evolve 
as the story evolves. To illustrate this, I'm going to read a short passage from William McGuinness's wonderful novel, Slay the Dragon. It's part of his Adam Weldon thriller series. And I was not the narrator on this project. There is a male narrator. But this gives us a good example of a way in which that tone and that energy might transform as we go through it. Troubled, Adam continued to his boat. Interestingly, the closer he got to Dream Voyager, the less heavy and more energized he felt. The challenges of the world were still there with a vengeance, but as he climbed aboard his floating home, his sanctuary in a wild universe, it was as though he stepped out from under the problems and bubbled up to see them from above, from a sort of meta perspective. Wait, the boat was dark, but the alarms had been deactivated and the companionway hatch stood open. Had CPP agents tracked down his boat, disabled his security system, and forced their way in? Were they lying in wait with guns drawn? So as you can hear in this passage, we're traveling along with our main character. He's starting to feel lighter, and so the whole energy of the passage is lighter. And then, as soon as he recognizes a threat, suddenly we shift. And so... That kind of engagement, that emotional connection with the story is something that we often won't hear unless we have an experienced narrator working on the project or one who is trained, one who really understands how that connection happens and is able to implement it. One of the really big differences, I think, between somebody reading a text version of your book and listening to the audiobook version is that in the text version, they are having their own imagination create the experience and to bring it to life for them. For some readers, that is very satisfying. Their imagination is like fully on board and they are able to read and imagine what that might be like. They're able to visualize the story, to imagine the sounds. For many readers, though, this is more of a challenge. They read the words and they have some intellectual connection with it, but they may not have an imagination that is really helping them out the way that it could. With an audiobook, you're bringing in another level of performance. And many listeners are finding that it is such a great experience to be able to have that performance, just like with film. The only difference, of course, is there's no visuals with the audiobook. But as with film, the story is brought alive for us in that vocal performance. And then... To sort of wrap up this episode, I want to talk just a little bit then about the technical side of things. One of the things that becomes a real hurdle frequently when we have somebody who is inexperienced working on an audiobook is that there are technical skills that you have to have even just to do the recording. Unless uh, there are versions where if you are working with a remote audio engineer, that they can record that audio for you. 
But even so, you still need to have a decent microphone and recording system set up so that they are going to get the quality of audio that you need. And that typically is a more expensive version of doing an audiobook. And I would question then if you're going to be spending more and getting a less experienced narration product, how is that? I'm not sure how that's a win, right? So we want to think about what's going to be best for the listener because the listening experience, when it's great, people are going to talk about it. They're going to tell their friends. If it's okay, they might tell their friends that too, and then that might mean a slowdown in any sales. So we want positive, excellent word of mouth going out about our audiobook projects and making sure that they are the highest quality that they can be directly related to whether or not the author is able to let go of their ego in the process and really try to do what's best for the project itself. Our books, they are in many ways our babies, but we have to let them have a life of their own. And just like with kids, we need to help try to figure out what is going to be best for them, even if it's not necessarily what we think should be. I'll just put that out there as food for thought. I would love to hear from you, our listeners, especially if you are an author and have narrated your own project. I would love to hear what that experience was like for you, where it was challenging, where it went well, just any feedback that you have, because I would love to incorporate what you have to share and your experience so that we can help other people in their process. Thanks so much for joining me today. As always, if you have questions about audiobook production, distribution, or marketing, please reach out to us at proaudiovoices.com. And we'd also, if you have an audiobook already and are not yet on the Amplify Audiobooks platform, that's the place to be. You can find it and more information about it on the proaudiovoices.com website. And if you're a listener, don't have an audiobook yet yourself, please go to amplifyaudiobooks.com and support an author. Find an audiobook that you'd like to listen to and get it there. Again, thanks for listening. Have an awesome day. Thanks for joining us for Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. Please take a moment to subscribe at audiobookconnection.com. The podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Learn more at proaudiovoices.com. Again, thanks for being with us, and please join us next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.